Well, good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me for Business, The Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at a couple of Harvard Business Review tips. One of them is uh, Recover from Rejection by Shifting Your Mindset. We're also going to be talking with Christina with uh, a minute on innovation. We're going to be talking about tips for pitching. But right now, we're going to cross over to Baker Love Lawyers and have a chat with Janine Wilson. Good afternoon, Janine. Hi, Julian. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for joining us. And we're going to talk about the interesting subject of what is mediation all about. So what is mediation? Uh, Well, mediation is just a different way of trying to resolve disputes that people can fall into. Mediation is one of a number of growing areas of what is really known in legal speak as alternative dispute resolution. Um, They say it's alternative because um, most people seem to think that when you fall into a dispute with someone, you need to go and see a lawyer and ultimately you need to go to a court to have a judge decide who's right and who's wrong. Um, But obviously anyone who's been involved in litigation um, at any point in their life will tell you it's expensive, it's stressful, takes a long time. Um, So alternative dispute resolution is is types of arrangements that uh, have parties come together and try and work together to see if they can find a compromise that they can both live with without having to go to court. So it's a it's a voluntary process where you have an independent person, the mediator, come in, work with the parties to see if they can generate some options that might lead to resolution of the dispute. Um, so, it's, a, it's a confidential process, so um, people can speak freely without uh, feeling as though things might be held against them at a later point. So I presume the mediator is impartial. What does an e- a mediator do? Uh, really, the mediator, uh, yes, is certainly impartial, comes in as an independent person and tries to help the parties discuss things amongst themselves. They're really a facilitator of discussions. They try and help generate solutions. A mediator doesn't impose any solutions on either of the parties. They don't tell them uh, the parties who's right and who's wrong. Um, they're not there to give any legal advice. Uh, the mediators have a special training to help people or to help them listen what the parties are really saying, extract the issues in a, in a better, more constructive way and help the parties work out some better options that they might not have seen before. And, and they're also very useful in identifying uh, what the parties' best case and worst case scenarios are if they can't resolve a dispute during a mediation process. And I suppose they're trained in asking the right questions so we get all the right information out on the table. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly uh, asking the right questions is, is part of it. And, and the other part, which is, I think, probably more important, is listening to what the people are telling you, because often you'll find that the issues that are really sticking in people's craw are, are not the things that they're saying. You've got to mm. listen a bit more deeply to what is coming out from the parties. So, so what kinds of disputes would we work with a mediator for? Uh, well... Criminal matters are obviously a different kettle of fish. You can't uh, mediate those disputes. But any any type of civil dispute, which is um, about money or other rights, debt recovery, things of that nature, um, mediation, I find, is really helpful if you've got a dispute where the parties in the dispute need to be able to get on together in the future. So um, that can happen in a business setting, if you've got business partners that are, are fighting amongst themselves, but and also in um, neighbourhood disputes, uh, which come up with frightening regularity, but people obviously are going to keep living in the same spot and they really need to find a solution that allows them to live their life on an ongoing basis with these people. And, of course, uh, families too, I would presume. Oh, yeah, families are a good one. Um, Obviously, you can't get away from them, so uh, mediation is is much... I think it's a better process than going to court, at least in the first instance, to see if you can salvage some sort of relationship because obviously it's not going away. Uh, At what sort of uh, point in the process would you uh, try mediation? 
Uh, well, that's up to the parties. There's, there's varying, uh, different views in the legal profession of which I'm in about whether uh, what the appropriate time for that is. So some lawyers would prefer, and some parties also would prefer that, um, or they don't often treat disputes as seriously as they should until there's a court case on foot. So some mm. lawyers will say, well, we don't want to mediate until the parties have actually got a court case and it's you know for real dispute. Other lawyers, on the other hand, will try a mediation before a court case gets underway. Um, obviously, there's a benefit in doing that if you can avoid the court case altogether. But um, ultimately, it's a matter for what the parties would prefer to do. Um, it can be tried at any time, really, either before or during a dispute. So... Uh how would a person uh, go about getting the services of a mediator here in Newcastle? Uh, well, in Newcastle, we're actually quite lucky. We've got a lot of different uh, variety of mediators here in Newcastle. Um, the, you start the, the best, I suppose, and cheapest service is the government-operated community justice centres. Uh, that's operated out of Parramatta, but they, they mediate all over New South Wales. Um, those services are free. Uh, there's often not very long waiting list. Um, the only catch is that because it's a government service, uh, funding can be limited. So you are generally limited in your mediation sessions to sort of two to four hours. Hmm. Um, so anything that's a really complex dispute is probably not going to work with a community justice centre. But they're really good and they've got uh, tons of experience in neighbourhood disputes like fencing problems, tree problems, noise problems, all those sorts of neighbourhood issues that come up qu quite often. Those are the sorts of things that are really good for a community justice centre approach. Um, there's also, if you've got family law issues, you need to look for a, a mediator that's specifically trained in family law, that's a, a separate qualification in addition to the ordinary mediator's qualification. Mm. So there's plenty of good ones of those in Newcastle. Some of them charge like a fixed fee for a you know, four to four hour mediation and then an hourly rate after that. Um, and, and then right up to the top of the scale, there's some very good uh, commercial dispute experienced you know, barristers and lawyers that will charge an hourly rate to do a, a more complex dispute. And that might be helpful if it's a, a very complex matter and you need a, a skill of a mediator that understands the particular contract that you're dealing with or the particular industry that you're dealing with. And um, those ones can often go for you know, a whole day or possibly two days. Um, so it, it varies. So you start with the, the free service and, and all mm. the way up to you know, really as much as you want to pay. Now, now you've said that the, the mediator doesn't uh, give, uh, enforce a solution. So what happens if it all fails? Um, look, some mediations certainly fail. You can't obviously force people to come to an agreement if they don't want to. Um, but look, in my experience, even when uh, mediations don't ultimately resolve everything in dispute, you can still reach some agreement on some parts of the dispute. So what, it, what the benefit of that is, is it narrows what's left of the dispute. If the party then decides to go to a court case and have it determined by a judge, there's a lot less in dispute than what there was to start with. So it, I mean, in many cases, it's hard to see a complete failure in a mediation. Um, so there's still some benefit in having a go, even if it doesn't solve 100% of your issues. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time, Janine. Uh, That's all right. We'll have a chat with you again another time. All right, not a problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Janine Wilson there from Baker Love Lawyers. Yes, uh, obviously we don't always want to go to court and resolve. It's costly, time uh, involved and in stress. So a mediator may be our solution. Time to pop over and have a chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. What a great segue into what we're going to talk about. Tips for pitching. Tips for pitching. So, And, and Tom, uh, little lies should not be a part of your pitch. It should be <laughs> absolutely what the truth is because you get found out so quickly. Yes. Well, you do anywhere, don't you? 
Absolutely. Well, I don't know. One would hope that sometimes it takes a little while, Julian. But with pitching, absolutely, truth from the beginning, if people don't want to buy into your story, your product, so be it. The world is huge and there is a very wide, large audience out there that you can actually pitch to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we might just talk uh, about some of the um, the new methodologies, if you like, which aren't really new. They're just kind of, you know, adapted a little bit, turned the dog, been turned slightly um, on, on pitching tips. Yeah, so uh, we, are we talking the uh, the public generally or are you talking about the Shark Tank type pitching? Well, talk about Shark Tank. Should we mention our good news? Yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. So, so Jennifer Holland has just come back from New York City. Um, she's probably still a little bit jet-lagged, I would imagine, um, with a silver medal from the Edison Awards. Mm. And the Edison Awards, this is for throat scope. So the Edison Awards are um, globally recognised innovation awards and Jennifer brought back silver in a in a medical category, and you know to 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 be in a medical category from the beginning. So she was up against many 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 applications, um, and most of them from big pharmaceutical companies. And mm. here is a here's a wonderful invention um, that was you know came through necessity as we've discussed before, came through necessity, uh, an idea that was had that was developed that was prototyped that was tested, um, and that was taken to market. So. Mm. Fantastic news for a for a you know a local female entrepreneur um, up against some big pharmaceuticals. And she obviously pitched well with the Shark Tank. She did, and the preparation that went into her pitching for Shark Tank was absolutely phenomenal. But I'll let her tell you about that maybe mm. in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Um, so with pitching and 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 moving on from um, from the comment with Jennifer just then, it is so crucial to know who your target audience is that you're pitching to. And a lot of organisations, a lot of companies go out there, and, and um, young entrepreneurs particularly, and they think that once they've got their elevator pitch, that's kind of it. But as as we know, the, the sales pitch is different to the elevator pitch, is different to the backyard pitch, is different to the entrepreneurial pitch, is different to the business pitch. Mm. So we really need to be very targeted. We need to know who we're speaking to, know who our audience is. And it sounds really easy when you say it, but I've seen so many pitch fests yeah. um, where people actually don't do yeah. that. They don't take their audience into consideration. And uh, particularly the, well, well, I, well, the ones I've looked at on the Shark Tank, they don't seem to really understand their financial side of things. No, and that, you know, that's one of the things. So one of the, one of the crucial things is know your figures. Mm. So theoretically when you start, you need to engage people. You need to look people almost in the eye and let them know who you are, why it is that you're standing up there talking to them. People like stories. So, you know, we, we constantly hear now, tell your story, tell your story. Yeah. So few people still do, but tell a story, engage with the audience, talk in terms of your target market, as we've said, but know your figures. So many times on Shark Tank um, and in front of angel investors and, you know, potential entrepreneurial ventures, people don't know their figures. And that's one of the first things they're going to ask you. An investor is interested in your figures. So once you've told the story, absolutely be crystal clear. And Jennifer was definitely crystal clear on her figures when she did that. Yeah. And as you say, don't tell lies. No, don't tell. Oh, no, because they do so much research around that and they, they, you know, eventually they will find. Because, you know, as Jim will tell you, most of the deal happens when you leave the shark tank. It happens outside the room. And yes. things get changed, you know, outside, outside the actual pitch. And they're there for two hours. So it's not just a, it's not a five minute segment that we see. It's a two hour grueling session. So okay. absolutely know your figures when you're in, in an adventure capitalist. 
Um, but that leads me on to, if it's okay, to to talk a little bit about the Hunter Innovation Festival. Yep. Uh, and at that, we are going to spend a, a couple of sessions on pitch because it is so crucially important. Um, for the Smart Ideas competition, which closes on the 5th, so if any of your listeners have a smart idea they'd like to submit, um, you've got till the 5th of May. Uh, but Robert Curry, who has written a, a really great marketing book, Feed a Starving Crowd, is going to be our keynote speaker. Um, so he's going to talk to people about online marketing, about solid leads, about um, warm leads. You know, there's a lot of, mm. a lot of um, benefit in creating warm leads. And he's been named one of Australia's top 50 entrepreneurs, so we're very excited to be having him at the festival. And he's going to be running a short workshop after the um, after the Smart Ideas breakfast launch on the 23rd of May. So really looking forward to that. And how can people find out more about the festival? They can go to Hunter, hunterinnovationfestival.org um, and have a look at the events that are happening. So we're running from the 17th to the 23rd of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, very excited about the program, ideas to execution. There's something in there for anybody with an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial or intrapreneurial mindset. Um, so come along, exchange ideas, find some people to collaborate on different ventures with um, and hear, what, hear the journey of other, other people. Fantastic. Well, you have a great week and we'll have a chat with you again next week. We shall look forward to it, Julian. Have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with tips for, for pitching and, yes, know who we're pitching. Time for a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. This one, as we mentioned earlier, recover from rejection by shifting your mindset. Rejection is a universal and universally disliked experience, but it's one that we experience differently. Sometimes getting rejected hurts more than we expect, especially if our immediate response is to be self-critical. What makes one person more resilient than another in the face of rejection? It often comes down to mindset. People with fixed mindsets chronologically judge themselves and tend to see their outcomes as evidence of who they are and what they're capable of. For example, getting a bad grade in a test leads them to think they're not smart. But people with growth mindsets see outcomes as evidence of what could improve upon in the future and what challenges they can overcome. The next time you're faced with rejection, consider the extenuating circumstances and think about what you can learn from the situation to quickly move on to a better place. And probably on a similar tone there, what to do when a colleague is annoying you. When you work closely with other people, tensions are bound to arise. Many of us bite our tongue uh, in these situations, worrying that speaking up will harm the relationship. But letting something simmer often makes things worse. Instead, address the situation in a productive way. First, make sure that your intention is to be more collaborative. Don't just launch into your spiel, say something like, Our working relation is important to me and there's something on my mind. Can I talk about it with you? Then stick to the facts, describing one particular incident, how it made you feel and why it matters to you. Be sure to ask, what's your perspective on this? Uh, Pay attention to the answer, even if you disagree. Then decide how to improve the situation together and when both people have a hand in shaping the solution, the situation is more likely to improve. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at uh, the value of mediation if you are facing some sort of dispute 
and of course the importance of pitching to the right person. In a moment, Greg Richard will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week we'll visit the tax world again with Tony Vidray from AV Chartered Accountants. We'll have our minute on innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Albert Schweitzer once said, success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you are doing, you will be successful. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>